Brethren, if you will, Genesis 42. Genesis 42. We'll see, Lord willing, this morning the, the proving of true men. Joseph's going to declare to his brothers they're spies. And then they're going to tell the truth. But remember, as we're going through Genesis' story of Joseph, <clears throat> there's no more wonderful picture of Christ I see at times. Would you, what's your favorite book? Whichever one I'm reading right there. <laughs> what's your favorite verse? The one I read this morning. But it's a beautiful picture of, of Christ. There's nothing negative about it. Let me turn it down a little bit. You remember Joseph's dreams back in Genesis 37, and he told his brothers, he said, I had a dream. They was already mad at him, and it said they couldn't say anything good to him. You've been mad at somebody, you can't even say nothing nice to them. Hit Sonny out, or I like your shoes. You can't even do that. They was mad at him. Didn't like him. And then he come to him. he said, let me tell you what I dreamed. Um, you all some sheaves, and my sheave, we was in a field, and my sheave rose up, it was upright, and you're all sheaves, they made obeisance. They bowed down to my sheave. Then they got real mad. And they said, oh, I forgot I had another dream. And the sun and the moon and 11 stars, they bowed down to me. And daddy heard it. And said, whoa, hold on, hold on. That's fine when you're talking about your brothers. You mean me and your mama's going to bow down to you too? But he held on to it. He didn't forget it. Jacob didn't forget that. So he and his brothers envied him. And his father observed the saying. His father observed the saying. Of course, that went on, didn't it? They got real mad at him and. He went down to go check on him, and they threw him in a pit and sold him. Lied to their father. But a few decades have passed since Joseph dreamed those dreams, and he told his family. He said, you all going to bow down to me. And now Joseph, he's about 40 years old, 39, 40. Maybe he's 43. Maybe they counted wrong. He's about 40 years old, and he's the prime minister of Egypt. He's, he's in charge, and he's literally the most powerful man on the face of the earth. If you're going to eat, you're going to have to go to him. If you're going to live, you're going to have to go to him. If you're going to have those things, you have to do what he says. Pharaoh said so. He says, whatever he says, that do ye. Do it. It says here in Genesis 42, verse 1. Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do ye look one upon another? He said, Behold, I've heard that there's corn in Egypt. Get you down thither and buy for us from thence that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. Ten of them went. But Jen Benjamin, Joseph's brother, is his full brother. Jacob sent not with his brethren, for he said, Lest peradventure mischief befall him. He just preached the gospel to them. There's, there's corn go to where there's corn and they said but this is my favorite and it's okay if you all die but I gotta keep Benjamin <laughs> he's just a man speaking to a man and the sons of Israel came to buy corn verse 5 among those that came for the famine was in the land of Canaan it's been about two years and famine spread worldwide and Joseph was the governor over all the land over the land and he was and he it was that sold to all the people of the land and Joseph's brethren came, and they bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. They didn't know Joseph. 
They just knew it was some man down there that we got to go bow to. He had a different name, but he knew who they were. He recognized them. He saw them. He remembered those dreams that the Lord gave him 20 years before, and he said, it's coming to pass right now. Verse 7 says, And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them. He knew them. This is, this is more than 20 years passed by, two decades, and, and he recognized, I, I know you. I recognized somebody at the store yesterday, and I looked. We locked eyes, and I said, My brain's telling me to say hi to you. <laughs> and then about that time, it clicked who he was. I said, Oh, uh, hi. And then I just kept, well, it was really awkward. <laughs> this wasn't one of those things where he just recognized, I know that face. I've seen you around somewhere. It means more than that. It means he loved them. He saw them. He said, that's my ten brothers that threw me in a pit, and he loved them. He loved them. We're going to see the gospel in this. He loved them. Joseph had right about half his life, he's had 20-some years, 22 years, to think about everything that was done to him. You know what they did to me? And he, he had 20-some he had years to stew on it and get madder about it and madder about it. And let me, if I could just get them in front of me, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Did he do that? That's what I do. He loved them. He knew them. He loved them. Does that remind you of our elder brother who has every reason you can imagine to be angry with us, yet he loved us? Verse 7, And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but he made himself strange unto them. They didn't know who he was. And he spake roughly to them, and he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew him not. They knew not him. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them, and said unto them, You are spies to see the nakedness of the land ye are come. You're just here to see our weaknesses and, and to exploit that for your own benefit, to come get what you can get and go. You're an enemy. And they said unto him, Nay, my Lord, but to buy food are thy servants come. They said, we're all one man's sons, are true men. We are true men. Thy servants are no spies. And he said unto them, Nay, but to, to see the nakedness of the land ye are come. And they said, Thy servants are twelve brethren, the son of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father. And one's not. They said, we got another brother. There's ten of us. There's twelve total. One's with our father, Benjamin. He's the youngest. He ain't come today. And one's not. One's dead. And Joseph said unto them, That is it that I spake unto you, saying, Ye are spies. Hereby shall ye be proved. I'm going to prove if you're spies or not. He knew they wouldn't spies. He knew them. He loved them and he knew them. He actually knew who they were. <laughs> he knew why they was there. Famines across all the land. You're there to get food. I know you might have been mad at me, but I, they knew their character, didn't they? They knew everything about them. That's his brother's. Rose out to the flesh. But he's going to prove to them. He said, you say you ain't spies. We'll see about that. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not go forth hence except your youngest brother come hither. Send one of you and let him fetch your brother. You bring Benjamin. That ye shall be kept in prison, that your words may be proved, whether there be any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely your spies. You're going to go fetch Benjamin and bring him to me, and we'll see if what you're telling is the truth. And if you've lied it a little bit, you've lied it everything. You get that? If you offend in one, you've offended the whole law. He said, we'll find out. And he put them all together 
into ward three days. He knew these brethren. He loved them. He knew they weren't spies. And he's going to prove to them that his dream 22 years ago, his prophecy, his word that he told them, he's going to prove to them that it's true. He spoke harshly to them when he first said it. You're a cheat. That's mean. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. This is perfection and wise, isn't it? You consider that. that Joseph told them to fetch their precious, beloved brother, his full brother. And they heard this covenant. They heard these conditions, right? And then he immediately put them in prison. They couldn't perform it. So we're going to prove you're your spies. Well, you won't even give me the chance to get out of here and go get him. <laughs> be mad, wouldn't they? They thought they was going to be executed. They said, here he gave us conditions. We're going to die. The tables have turned. We thought he was coming down to get corn. Everybody else seemed to be pretty happy and fed. Verse 18, And Joseph said unto them the third day, This do and live, for I fear God. He's speaking to them in the, the Egyptian tongue. And there's, this is all through an interpreter. And they speak Hebrew. And he said, I fear God. That doesn't mean I'm a good Christian. I'd, I'd rather bump into a good mechanic than a good Christian. What these words mean nowadays don't mean nothing. Uh, it's hogwash. He's not saying, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer, I'm a good... He said, I fear God. I fear the God of Abraham, Isaac, and your daddy, Jacob. The God. Who is this man speaking to us? You see the confusion here? There's, like, there's despair and hopelessness, and they think they're going to die, and they're being accused of being spies, and, and this would speak to them harshly. And he says, I know God. I honor God, the true and living God. That's a tumultuous experience. Isn't it? That's not a decision to be saved by Jesus, <laughs> to let him, in, let him be the co-pilot of your plane or whatever. This is the Lord saving people. These ten sons of Jacob, they're in a foreign land, a foreign tongue's being spoke. The man that's in charge of everything in the midst of all these strangers and this troubling event, he says, I honor the true and living God. Or Bill looked at next week about itself. But they said in verse 19, If ye be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. Go ye, carry corn for the famine to your houses, but bring your youngest brother unto me. So shall your words be verified, and ye shall not die. And they did so. He said, you leave one of them here, the rest of you I'll provide for you. You take some corn so nobody perishes, and you go get your younger brother and bring him to me. And they did so. They started packing right then. And when they were packing up, they were speaking Hebrew to one another. They didn't know Joseph could understand these things. Verse 21. And they said one to another, we are verily guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us and we would not hear. Therefore, is this distress come upon us. They didn't know that was Joseph. It's been two decades. Who, who made that effectual in them to, to remember that against Joseph and Joseph alone that they sinned? And they wouldn't hear. They wouldn't listen to him. Lord did that, didn't he? What does he work in our hearts? When he comes to us and speaks harshly and says, you're a sinner against a holy God. And we see our imprisonment in this body of death. And then he says, do this and live. <laughs> you're going to believe the words I say. That's what's going to happen. Mm. We remember, against thee and thee only have I sinned. 
It says in verse 22, And Reuben answered them, saying, Spake I not unto you, saying, Do not sin against the child, and ye would not hear. Therefore, behold, also his blood's required. Didn't I tell you? Remember 22 years ago I told you? I told you so. I told you not to put him down that pit. Now there's infighting in there. Verse 23, And they knew not that Joseph understood them, for he spake unto them by an interpreter. He is, he's hearing everything they're saying. And he's hearing the, this revelations in them. Against their brother, they did this. And it was their doing, and they're guilty. It starts to sound like they're spies, ain't it? And they're finally telling the truth. And he sees this work in them. And that blood's required because of that. And somebody warned them and we wouldn't hear. We wouldn't hear him and we wouldn't hear the messenger of him. And here's what Joseph did, verse 24. And he turned himself about from them and wept. And returned them again, returned to them again and communed with them. And he took from them Simeon and bound him before their eyes. This one is Joseph's watching this take place. As he's hearing everything. He knows everything. Sees everything going on. And he sees that conviction of sin. They said, "This is we did this against Joseph. He turned and he wept. He turned and he wept. Our Lord wept, didn't he? True men don't cry. Well, you don't know what a true man is. You ain't never bumped into one. Maybe God make you one one day. <laughs> Our Lord wept at the tomb of Lazarus. And he said, I say likewise, this is in Luke 15, verse 7. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Are they repenting here? More than 99 just persons. People that think they're doing pretty good, well, we ain't rejoicing over that. They don't need repentance. These do. That's tears of joy. They're rejoicing. And it says he wept and returned to them again and communed with them. In Luke 15, 2, the reason he was saying that parable is because them Pharisees and scribes, they murmured. They murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. He sits down and eats with sinners. He'll pick up a sandwich and take a bite off of your sandwich after you took a bite off of it. What, who, could, who could hear such a man? Don't he know that those bad people? He ought to clean up his living, clean up outside of his cup. And the Lord said, one sinner repents. There's joy in heaven. Tears of joy are shed. Tears of joy. That's what happens to us. The Lord comes to us. He loved us. He knew us before we ever knew him. He reveals to us what we are, and that hurts. It's not winning the lottery and, and doing cartwheels. There's some pain involved, some snots involved. It's a, it's a mess because there's like a natural birth. When somebody's born, it's, it can get messy. And he considered us in our frame, and he returned to us, and he communed with us, revealed himself to us, doesn't he? And he commanded them. Look here in verse 25. Then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn. All provision that they need, it's a commandment is made. And to restore every man's money to his sack, restore everything. And to give them provision for the way. And thus he did unto them. Give them what they need. Give them everything that was lost to them in the garden. And then some. And provide for them the whole way. Who's he doing this for? Ten brothers that threw him in a pit, sold him, and then faked his death to their father. What a shame to do that to your father. Bring a bloody coat that he gave to him. That's who Joseph is doing this to. That's us. That's what the Lord did to us. That's grace. 
unmerited favor. We'll get a bit here. That ain't just a doctrine. That's a this is a person doing this. This is really this is an, we experience these things, don't we? Verse twenty six, and they laded, loaded up their asses with the corn and departed thence. And as one of them opened the sacks to give his ass provender to to feed the the animal, in the end he espied his money, for behold it was in the sack's mouth. And he said unto his brethren, My money is restored. He's gave us corn and he's gave us provisions on the way, and the money's there. I didn't pay anything for this. I ain't out of pocket nothing. Get that? And lo, it's even in my sack, and their heart failed them. It burned within them. It's just, oh, I don't know if I'm exploding or crushing or imploding or exploding. Oh, their heart failed them. And they were afraid. Say one to another, what is this that God hath done unto us? God's done this. All the provision you have and the salvation that you have and the life that you have and the restoration that you have and regeneration that you have. Who did that? God did it. Who we bow down before? God. Who we worship? God. This is him. Look back. This is truth. You get that? They said, verily, truly, we're guilty. He's done everything good. And I just, as I learn more, I'm just more amazed. I don't even know what to say. My heart just fails within me. I don't know what to do. Clap some days and cry the others. <laughs> just it's something, isn't it? That's telling the truth. God did this. That's telling the truth. Look back at verse eleven. Genesis forty two, verse eleven. So we are all one man's son. That's the bifocal truth of that too, isn't it? Every one of us all have sinned. We're all born Adam. And if we're born of God, we're all born of God. We have one father, one faith, one baptism, one birth. We have one father. We are true men. Thy servants are no spies. Spies are true men. Which one is it? What's the difference in the two? Spies, they go in and they observe. They find fault. They find weakness. And they take food. They don't receive it. They take it. But they take it in an unjust way. They do it on their own terms. That's a sad thing, isn't it? I see people go church, 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 and they find fault with this one and this one and this one and this one, or, or the Lord's preachers, true preachers. <laughs> well, I don't like that one. I don't like that one. I don't like that one. They just go in and looking, and they're looking for something wrong. And they do it on their own terms. I'm going to eat, but it's going to be the way I want it. That's called salvation by works. That's death. It's going to be on their terms. There are those that are in place where the Lord's people are fed, where that bread of life is declared and put forth and the storehouses are opened, but they only observe and critique and look for fault. That's sad when that happens. The Lord said it's to be so. But some come here, regardless of the spies, and they need food for their souls. If you're starving to death and you say, well, you've got to go down there, but there's going to be some people there that ain't there to eat in the right manner. Uh, I don't care. I got to eat. <laughs> you might get your finger stepped on. Well, step on my finger. I need the food. <laughs> it might be too hot or too cold or too short or too long. I don't care. I need the food. And then sometimes they're spies. Every new creation that the Lord makes in his people, it's the true man. 
the true one. It deals in truth. It knows Christ, the truth. And they have no guile in them. None. And they know he's on his throne, that God's done this. They just eat. They just take it, don't they? But there's those that don't deal in truth. They deal in theories and ideas and hypotheticals and doctrines, plural. The sovereignty of God. There is an almighty sovereign God on his throne. And it's one thing to agree that the Bible states that God's on his throne and that's right. And he gets to do what he wants and, and those things. It's a completely other thing to love the God that's sovereign. That makes me happy. I'm glad he is who he is. I'm glad he's on his throne. Those spies, like those demons, the Lord came to them, they saw him, and they said, leave us alone. What do we have to do with thee, Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Well, what a declaration. That was a demon that was speaking to him. James said, thou believest there's one God? You do well. Good job. The devils believe and they tremble. It's one thing not to just give mental assent that God's sovereign, but to bow to a, a sovereign God and to worship him and thank him for it. That's just between spies and true men, true women. They say with Nebuchadnezzar, all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, what doest thou? What are you doing? You, ain't going, you can't say that. And we rejoice about it. That's not a cold, stoic fact. That's a person. And he loved me first and knew me first, and now he's revealed himself, and I know him. Shall not the judge of the earth do right? Oh, ain't that comfort? All the horrible things that happen in a daily life. We just getting, this week has been rough, and then it got rougher, and then I had not sleep. We didn't sleep much, and then it got rougher, and then my windshield got cracked in my car, but thankfully we went home and Kimberly got jury duty in the mail. <laughs> It's just one thing after another. And you just want to go, ah, and give up. I'm just going to lay on the ground right here in the driveway and quit. And, uh, shall not the judge of the earth do right? He's on his throne. All right, I'll walk back from the mailbox. Lord gave you jury duty, it's fine. And be happy about it. Not stoic facts. Total depravity. It's one, I'm going to go through all of them. Hold on. It's one thing to agree that Paul wrote in Romans. There's, all sin comes short of the glory of God. There's none good. No. No, not one. Well, what Well, what about? No, not that either. That's one thing that says mankind is sinful. Man is sinners, and that one over there is a sinner, and everybody else is sinners, right? It's a whole other thing to know that I'm depraved. I'm the sinner. Are you? Is this cold, stoic fact? Is it something you read in a textbook? Or has God showed you what you are that verily I'm guilty against my elder brother that I threw in a pit and killed him if I could? We hung him on a cross. We all cried out crucify him. Well, Peter didn't. No, but he denied him to a teenage girl, which in essence is crying out crucify him. He tread that wine press alone because of what I am. Because of me. Because he knew me first. He had a long time to think about it. He was still gracious. That's the truth, isn't it? It's true, but it's what we are. Here's a true man's confession, verse 21. And they said one to another, Verily, we are guilty concerning our brother. 
in that we saw the anguish of his soul and we, when he besought us, we esteemed him not. And we would not hear. We would not. Well, we couldn't hear. Yeah, you couldn't hear and you would not either. Therefore, because of all this, is this distress come upon us. That's, that's it. That's the root. You know, that same truth, that true man spoke in David, and every true man or woman from then on, that new creation that God puts in us, declares it plainly, not just some fact that we know, but we know it to be true. We've experienced it. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin as ever before. Me, I ain't talking to nobody else. This is one-on-one. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and clear when thou judgest. You're right. The Lord God Almighty came down, killed me now, and sent me to hell for eternity. It's right. If I'm standing alone, if I'm standing by myself, that would be just. But he also, in perfect wisdom, justified me. And so now it's just, it's, it's right, and it's mandatory that I'm saved because all my sin was put on my substitute. Sovereign God turned his back on a sovereign God because of me. His face was marred more than the the visage of any man because it looked like Kevin Thacker. You say that too, don't you? You tell the truth. Say, that's me. I'm a chief of sinners. That's cute, Paul. I know what you mean, but you ain't been inside of my head for 10 minutes. Election. The spies of the Pharisees. Is there a Pharisee alive? Was there a member of the Sanhedrin that didn't believe in election? Maybe that ain't the ticket to having your ducks in a row and going to heaven. Well, we believe election. That's, that was a time in my life I fought it hard. I was a teenager. I was right, and I was going to heaven because I believed in election. Big difference between that and loving the God of election. Loving the one we are in, the elect, Christ the elect. And he is our only hope, and he's our only desire, and it's to be found in him. That's a little different than a doctrine, isn't it? It's a person. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Yes, that's something. Isn't it? Atonement. I heard a man say one time, he goes, I believe in unlimited, limited atonement. I said, I don't even want to ask you what that means. I'll just keep on walking. <laughs> just didn't say it confused me. I'd hate to try to the word salad that come out after that. Atonement. Spies may acknowledge that the blood of Jesus washes away sin. And it's flippant. And I've heard cartoonish things. Well, I just got to rub a little more blood on me today. You better mind your mouth. You know what you are and who you're talking about and whose blood that is you're talking about? At best, they think it's a golden parachute. Well, you know, well, we're good. The Lord died for us. Jesus died for us. That's what spies say. True men are eternally grateful of that payment that was accepted, that redemption by the blood. Peter said, For as much as you know you were not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, from the vain conversations you received by the traditions of your fathers. That's what we just looked at last hour, wasn't it? It passes on through their generations. They do what they're told, what they're brought. You know you ain't saved from that, some old wives' tale, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. It's precious. Why is it precious? The value of it. Do you know the value of that? It was enough to buy me. 
and you and you and you and whoever believes and throughout time as the, as the sand of the sea. That's a lot. That's what it's worth. And it's precious because of whose it is. That's a man just like me, my kinsman, and it's my redeemer. And only God can do that. That's the God man. Made himself of no reputation. Come down here and be made a man like me and walk this sin-cursed earth and do all these things and knew me and, and knew about this for a long time and then abundantly shed his blood for me. Irresistible grace. Spies say the father draws people. That's what it says. The sheep come to him. and There's, there's hedges or something in Hosea. and you know He does these things. And he's trying to get you to to come and there's a lot of big fancy words and semi-pelagerism or something and all this nonsense. My friend said this one time. I think it's a quote of a quote, but he said it's one thing to believe in irresistible grace. It's another thing to find grace irresistible. Well, ir irresistible grace, that's what the God comes down. He said, no, he uh, he's gracious and I got to have it. That one with the issue of blood, she said, that's God. And he comes save sinners. I'm a sinner. I'm going to touch him. Well, you don't have to crawl down through that multitude. I'll crawl on my hands and knees. I don't care. You might get kicked and get bruised. Well, I'll just have to get kicked and bruised. I'm going to touch him. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, if a string's just dangling off that garment, I could touch it. That's all it'll take. He's gracious, and I'm going to, I have to have him. I have to have him. That grace is irresistible. These are not just biblical facts. It's, it's little bits of bread that are absolutely necessary for the life of a true man and a true woman. Spies can draw maps about it, paint pictures about it, and do cartoons about it, and all this other stuff. A true man, a true woman of God, that's a new creation. It's vital because it's life. He's life. They show the person and the work of that person that's all things to us wretches. It's necessary. You read Donnie's article there in the bulletin. It says, God's people must have the truth for they are begotten of it. Therefore, they love it. You go listen to something else. I, in good sense and good biblical order, I can't encourage anyone to go listen to a false gospel. And that's just the right thing. That's wise. And then I just said in emotions, why would I want to? <laughs> there ain't no good news. It's bad news. So God's people must have the truth for they are begotten of it. Therefore, they love it, though it often cuts to the very heart. Do their hearts fail in them? Our hearts burn sometimes. And, and ah, see what I am. It hurts. Does he speak strongly to us sometimes? He does. They also hunger and thirst after righteousness because they are aware of how desperate their need is of it. And we're destitute. It's necessity, isn't it? True men, those that deal in truth, Christ the truth, they speak truthfully. Those that are true, they, they are known and they are loved before they ever know their brother. And then they love him. Verse 7, Genesis 42, 7 says, And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them. But he made himself strange unto them and spake roughly to them. And he said to them, Whence come ye? And they said, We're from the land of Canaan to buy food. True men are made to have truth proved to them was jo did joseph know if they spies or children of course he knew <laughs> he's gonna prove it to them oh so i'm gonna prove my word to you is that to, 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 does he try to figure it out no he's proving it to us 
It's there. It's right. And I believe it and I've read it. And you know what? Boy, that's brand new, isn't it? And Ezekiel says, I'm going to send you to your own land. Does that mean that we're going, everybody's going to have their own parcels? Everybody gets 40 acres? No, that's our rightful place to be. He's proved that to us. I'm ready to have it proved to him. Truth about our sin, the truth about Christ's power, the truth about his graciousness, his justice, his merit, everything. Seems harsh at first. But boy, that's loving and kind. That's loving. True men and women, they have communion with the Lord. Because the Lord communes with them. He ain't waiting somewhere and we got to go down there and get to him. And, and he comes to us. Doesn't he? And it's his doing and we know it. Verse 24. Genesis 42, 24. And Joseph turned himself about from them and he wept. And he returned to them again and communed with them. Communed with them. This, the Lord didn't just record this as a good moral story, how to get along with your brothers and sisters. And Now you go sit down and eat with them. This is Christ communing with us, isn't it? True men and women, they're saved, they're restored, and they're given provision on the command of Christ alone. Not by doing or begging or anything else. By his command, we're provided for and saved. Look at verse 25. And Joseph, then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn and to restore every man's money into his sack and give them provision for the way. And thus did he unto them. He commanded it. Well, who did it? Did everybody? He did it. He commanded it and he performed it. True men and women have their heart fail when they see the abundant mercies, the generosities of our King to us. We verily, truly, we know what guilt we are. And we see how abundant His grace is to us. And our heart fails, doesn't it? Just, oh, it breaks your heart. Verse 28. He said unto his brethren, My money is restored, and lo, it is even in my sack. And their heart failed them. And they were afraid. They honored and said one to another, What has God, what is this that God's done to us? True men and women, not spies. Spies will do it for a season, maybe. But true men and women, everything that happens what we call good, bad, and ugly, <laughs> because we don't know the difference. Everything that happens, the Lord did it, and he's done it to us. And we honor him for it, don't we? Well, the story goes on. We'll look again at him, him saying, I fear God, I know God. Next week, maybe the week after, we'll see the rest of this chapter. But I pray it's a blessing to you. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this picture of Christ and how how we are and how he is the faithfulness of our redeemer the loving kindness and the patience and the long suffering and anything that's good Lord thank you keep us in him don't make these things come just another line on line and an old hat and Tiresome, worrisome to us, grievous. Make us know it's safe and it's, it's precious. The person of our salvation. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for what we are and our doubt and worrying and looking to the world and strengthen us as you see fit. Keep us as you've promised you will, Lord. It's because of Christ we ask these things. Amen. Brother Mike.